This is the Final Whistle podcast from the Wrexham AFC media team. The final score, Wrexham 2, Woking 2. I'm Mark Griffiths from Wrexham AFC. And that was tough. I mean, to be fair, we expected it. Woking came into the game in third place and in excellent form. They beat Chesterfield away last midweek. And... They did what they, it said on the tin because we expected Wielson to be a difficult physical team. That was exactly what they were. And they nailed their game plan. So Wrexham, well, let's put it this way. About 10 minutes from the end, it suddenly hit me that we could lose at home here. And I realised what an alien thought that was. I don't think I've really felt that this season. Even games which we've been taking quite late into the match. I've still felt we'll be okay here. But uh, Woking took us out of our comfort zone. And I think bottom line, massive credit to them. So, firstly, Wrexham made three changes. Two of which were interesting. One saw Mendy come in to replace Callum McFadgen, who wasn't fit, and Mendy did very well. Great to see him get to the 90 minutes. So that was that was good news. The other two were interesting calls. Now, obviously, we are lacking centre-backs, and let's be honest, Woking, well, they, they score early on from a set-piece. They were playing balls into the area for us to fight for. Um, I think we missed the likes of Tunnicliffe and Hayden, in all honesty. Um, Harry Lennon was given his first league start of the season. I, I, the logic, I think, was sound. He'd been excellent at Sheffield United, and he's big, and he can also win those headers. And then also, Andy Cannon made his first league start for us in midfield. And the problem was we didn't get started very well. Within 20 seconds, the referee had a decision to make because Joe McNerney, the centre-back, took Mullen out on the halfway line. Uh, I mean, it's a yellow for me. He, he needed him, essentially, between his legs. And Mullen was hurt. It was deliberate. It was an early reducer. And he knew the referee probably wouldn't have the guts to show an early yellow. And he didn't. And McNerney got away with a very late tackle on Mullen later on. It was... You know, he was very, very fortunate. But, you know, like I said, they are a physical team. They fight for the second balls. And it became one of those matches where you have to try to impose your style. So Wrexham were trying to get the ball down, but Woking really, really executed their approach well. Played quite a high line sometimes, especially off set pieces. And we were less dangerous from set pieces. Um, they obviously had lots of height at those set pieces as well. They put a lot of pressure on the ball. They forced our midfield quite deep, so we ended up trying to counteract it by leaving both Palmer and Mullen up the pitch and trying to hit them early. And that's not our normal style. We needed to try to get the ball down, I think, and move it around a bit better. I think we missed Tom O'Connor, who causes also injured in midfield. And, you know, because he's got that physicality, plus he's got that accuracy of passing, so he can play accurate passes that split the lines and feed Mullen and Palmer better than that. And I think we really missed him, to be honest. As it was, it was a frantic fight. And you could see from the very start, this was not going as usual. We were not able to get on top of it. And then to make matters worse, in the seventh minute, a goal. Daly sweeping across to the corner, rather, on the right-hand side, to the near post. Flicked on by the massive holding midfielder, Rowan Ince, at the far part, uh, post, uh, 
Big upon the post, uh, Padre Ammons was there to nod the ball into an empty net unmarked. Again, Wrexham will be disappointed with how they defended the near post corner. But anyway, they tried to rouse themselves and it was very, very difficult. It was one of those games with very few chances too. Next real opportunity came after half an hour. Luke Young with a loose pass on the edge of the box, which found Daly. He hit it early from outside the area and didn't really get it right, put it off target. When Wrexham did start to threaten, we did start to carve out chances. Mullen doing well down the right-hand side, standing the ball up to the far post where it was headed out by Moss, but only as far as Cannon, lurking on the edge of the area. He went for a first-time volley. I suppose is there any other type of volley. And he missed it badly and it went well wide. Just wondered if he had time to take a touch maybe and then hit it. Maybe not. Um... Difficult volley to take on, but if he'd nailed it, well, we wouldn't be complaining about it, would we? And then soon afterwards, because, like I said, in games of this manner, you do get patches where you start to impose yourself. And this was Wrexham's rest spell of the match. We very nearly equalised. Palmer doing well to flick the ball on. Mullen helping us on cleverly, just working the ball inside the right back as Mendy made a clever run into the box. And Mendy pivoted and hit a powerful shot, which beat the keeper and hit the inside of the post and bounced back out again. Frustration for Wrexham, but from the resulting throw-in, we struck eventually. Toza throwing it in, it clears to the edge of the box. Mullen did superbly, cutting in across the edge of the area, left to right, really crowded in there. Brilliant feet by him to get into a central shooting position, and he was legged over. Free kick, about a yard outside the box, in the D. Ford steps up and hits an absolute beauty, ripping it over the wall and managing to keep it down despite it being so close in and putting it straight in the top right corner. A fabulous hit from Anthony Ford and Wrexham had got themselves level. So first half, walking just about the better size, but Wrexham did grow into it more and start to move the ball around a bit better. That usual improvement from Wrexham after the break didn't come though. Because, like I said, this is a different type of football. This is one style of football against another. We started the half okay and took the lead as well. At 53rd minute, a nice punchy spell of play. Lennon getting a good ball out early to Mendy, who punched it in first time to Palmer on the edge of the area. And he tried to cut in and turn his man. A leg was stuck out in front of him. He accepted the invitation. And the ref gave a penalty. It is a penalty. It's a bit naive lunging across Palmer like that. So the ref gave it, and Mullen, of course, after the Sheffield United match, would have really needed to finish this. And he stepped up and he drilled it with power into the bottom left corner to put Wrexham ahead. And because it's a game of few chances, you know, that may well have been enough for us to earn a, a fortunate win. But we dropped on the back foot quite a bit. Now, I'm not saying we did that deliberately and don't really think we did. I think it is, again, more about the clash of styles of Woken get up on the front foot and shoving us back. There wasn't much more we could do, but again, the midfield dropped a little bit deep and we had to dig in. Having said that, they weren't making chances. Uh, Ince fed a good ball to Amund, who managed to wriggle his way in the right channel into the box. Nice feet, but he couldn't control his shot and put it wide to the left post with not much power. However, there was an inevitable change coming. I mean, Harry Lennon and Andy Cannon were liable to have to be brought off, and they were brought off together in the 19th minute. James Jones came on for Cannon, and Max Cluith came on for Lennon. I must admit, I felt a little edgy at the fact that in 
changing the back three, we also had to switch Owen O'Connell across to the left to put Cluerton on the right. I wondered if Cluerton had just been a straight swap on the left. I don't think that was the reason why within a minute we conceded a penalty, though. There was controversy about it. Ball hit into the Wrexham box from the right and helped on. Daly goes chasing after it. Jones is winning the race. Um, Daly puts his hand on Jones's back and Jones falls. It hits him and becomes a throw to Woking. Now, Wrexham felt it was a push in the back. I must be honest and say, watching it at the time, I thought it was a clear foul as well. The ref didn't give it. Looking at the replays, I'm less convinced. He put his hand on his back, like I say. Did he do enough to knock him down? Was the fact that Jones was running quickly mean that the small contact genuinely did knock him down? I don't know. Anyway, the throw was taken quickly. Daly managed to turn on the left-hand side. Wrexham didn't quite have their shape right, it didn't look to me. Daly drilled in a shot, which Cleworth blocked at the near post. It came back to Daly. And he tried to cut inside Jones. And Jones, well, it was a similar manoeuvre to what won Wrexham the penalty. He did step across his man a bit. I'm not sure he made contact. Or at least didn't provoke any contact. It depends what angle you look at. There's an angle from the side where it looks like Jones has stepped across him and, and caught him. But the angle from behind looks very much like he has stuck his leg out but doesn't actually catch him. And then Daly has managed to stick his trailing leg into Jones's leg and provoke the contact himself from the fall. I think it's not a pen, personally. But the ref gives it. And Reese Brown steps up and finishes comfortably to the left of the goal. And it's 2 all. And to be fair to Wrexham, well, I say to be fair to Wrexham, I mean, it's not the nature of the game. We then were defending a lot, and that was when I'm thinking we could lose. But actually, Moking didn't create any more chances. And Wrexham had a couple of half chances. Uh, with just over 10 minutes left, Palmer did really well to beat his man and, and feed Elliot Lee. He cut in from the right-hand side, drilled in a shot, which took a big deflection and span across goal, keeper wrong-footed, but went wide. Could easily have gone in. And in added time, a long throw from Toza picked out Palmer, who got up really well about eight yards out. He planted the ball forwards on target, but too close to the keeper. Not enough power to really trouble him. One of those that a striker, if you were lucky, might have just latched onto and nudged past the keeper. But it was that sort of game. How do I four goals in it? I don't know. <laughs> Although I suppose that is the nature of long ball football, isn't it? Walking, frustrating us getting the ball into dangerous situations and they're hoping that something will profit them. Four set piece goals as well, two penalties and uh, a goal from a corner and a goal from a free kick. Sort of sums her up. Very little created in the box in open play. I'm not buffering, I'm hiccuping, sorry. And neither keeper with that much to do really. Looking at the performances, Again, Howard didn't have much to do, really. So let's move on. The centre-backs had a bit of a bombardment. I thought that O'Connell looked very assured again. Used the ball well on occasions. Just strong in the air. A couple of moments when he was under pressure, he really used his strength to get out of trouble. Uh, 
Toza, I thought, made some important interceptions, especially in the first half, and again, won his fair share of headers. Lennon had a funny sort of game. Now, I'm a, I'm an advocate of Lennon's. I think he's a very good player. And I, I think after the way he played against Sheffield United, it's absolutely reasonable to start him. And I'm quite sure, like I say, his height made him a player that they would hold back for this game. Um, he, he was didn't look quite right today. Uh, his, on the floor, he made a few mistakes, actually, one of which led to the corner. He ran into trouble, which uh, allowed Wilkins to open the scoring. Uh, but defensively, he was pretty solid, did okay. Um, but yeah, it, was, it wasn't quite right. Um, I think he still needs a bit more pitch time, but you can only give him pitch time by playing him and allowing him to get into that rhythm. It's good to see him back. The wing-backs had good games. We made Anthony Ford man of the match. He was sacrificed <clears throat> with 10 minutes left, just tactically. Um, Dolby came on for him. You know, he couldn't really bring Kluwerth off nine minutes after he brought him on. Plus, he was fresh legs. So Ford was sacrificed. Kluwerth went to right back in a back four. And Dolby went up front to that familiar diamond formation that we switched to when we're chasing a game. Didn't make that much difference, I don't think, this time. Um, but yeah, Ford did very well. He, he broke forwards well. He was threatening um, as much as any of our field players were and scored that fabulous goal. On the other flank, Mendy as well. So the wing-backs were really, in some ways, our main source of hope. Uh, he drove forward as well, hit the post, and both did well defensively too. Midfield struggles really. They were getting bullied around a bit. You can say Ince is a big bloke and getting bypassed a little bit as well. Uh, young battled, and, uh, but didn't have the influence he often can have. He's often too deep fighting, walking and defending those long balls, of course. Um, Lee was lively, had some moments of hope. Couldn't quite impose himself on the game. Walking with that higher back line, really compressed player midfield. And Lee was nice and, and was looking for space and trying to beat people. But he just couldn't quite make things happen in the danger area. And Cannon, I thought, showed his quality. He showed what he's got. Uh, some very nice touches. Uh, some good running with the ball as well. But again, he's, he's still lacking a bit in match fitness. But he, he puts up a good fight as well. So promising from Cannon. Up front... Palmer, again, like on Saturday, worked very hard, but didn't have that much opportunity to really make a big impression. He won some aerial battles against the big centre-backs, um, but they, they were good centre-backs. He couldn't really impose himself properly on them. Mullen, um, again, terrific work rate, really battled to try and make things happen, super penalty, and won the free kick for the, the first goal as well, so he had a big impact on the game. Um, but again, it was quite difficult. He wasn't getting great service. The, the, for Palmer and Mullen, it felt a bit like those early season games away from home where we weren't quite getting our service to them right. And yeah, we, we were punished as a result of it, really. So, points dropped at home. Can you believe it? There was also the, the side drama of Notts County going behind against Barnet and it all looking like maybe this could be a decisive point in our favour. And now instead, Barnett, uh, they won 4-1. And Wrexham, we find ourselves still with the league in our hands, but obviously five points behind of two games in the hand now, which makes it a bit more difficult. Although, let's not forget, Notts County have to come to ours. Definitely not a time to panic a long way left. But uh, it was, uh, yeah, a frustrating night. However, I think it's also a comment on the terrific standards that we've got that we felt deflated. This was a third-place team coming to our place and playing at their top form when they're in form. They were impressive. 
were it not for the fact that we've set such remarkably high standards and were not for the fact that we are in a crazy toe-to-toe battle where hardly any points are getting dropped, uh, I think we'd probably take a point from a game when we were, let's be honest, second best. They were slightly better in walking in the first half and they were really did impose themselves in the second. And the fact that we only conceded from set pieces, one of which was a dubious penalty, you know, not bad. We could have got an ugly 2-1 win out of that and it would have been fabulous. But uh, we take the 2-2 and we move on. So, with the final score of Wrexham 2, Aldershot Town, well, I'm looking in ahead. Take it one game at a time, Mark. With the final score of Wrexham 2, Woking 2, I'm Mark Griffiths from Wrexham AFC. This is the Final Whistle Podcast from the Wrexham AFC media team.